Hello, beautiful. This is Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and the recording you're about to listen to is part of the 2011 Living a Course in Miracles teleclass. Our intention in offering this class is to give you clear tools and practices that you can use to align with love every day in every area of your life. No one can do your healing for you. You must decide to choose love in every moment to the very best of your ability. Remember, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. Intend to live a miraculous life of love and share the benefits of your healing and your expansion with everyone because you're one with them. Please pause the recording before the class starts and write down your intention in listening to the class. Partner up with your own higher Holy Spirit self. And please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the class. I'll take a breath of gratitude together. Hmm. So here we are, week one with Gary Renard. Our topic is forgiveness and relationships. And I'm going to open us up with a, a blessing. I'm going to invite everyone to place their hand on their heart. And this is one thing that I learned from Marcy Shimoff in the last Living a Course in Miracles, eight weeks, Marcy Shimoff, in her book, Love for No Reason, she wrote about, she had learned from the HeartMath Institute people about when you place your hand on your heart and you take breaths of gratitude, centering, calming breaths, and for me, when we partner up with the higher self, the holy self, the Holy Spirit self, Breathing these breaths of gratitude, we literally boost our immune system for six hours. So we take this opportunity to tune in and tap in right now to partner up with the Holy Spirit. We're opening our hearts and our minds right now to hear these words moving through Gary Renard and myself. We're we're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We're aligning with our own divinity and the divinity of all life, and we are truly opening ourselves for a healing, letting go of any resentments, regrets, blame or shame, thoughts of revenge, unforgiveness, judgments, placing them on the holy altar fire of divine love as we open ourselves to have the most beautiful, loving, powerful, holy relationships that it is possible for us to have. We give the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit, and we rejoice to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. And Gary, you have a wonderful blessing. I know you did it for us the other day before we did our um, retreat video. Perhaps you'd like to do something like that as well. Well... One of the things I like to do is uh, there's a quotation that appears very early in The Course of Miracles in the text. It's on page 28. And uh, I love to use this because I remember when I first started speaking in public about eight, eight and a half years ago, 
uh, I was, you know, terrified. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I would get out there, and uh, you know, all I would see was all these eyeballs staring at me, you know, just all these eyeballs, so like attack of the killer eyeballs. <laughs> and uh, so, fortunately, I remembered uh, this part of the Course, and it's a quote where you join with the Holy Spirit, and, of course, there are many ways of joining with the Holy Spirit, but this is uh, one of the earliest ones in the text, and it's always been one of my favorites. So uh, I'll say that, and that will be kind of like my way of letting... Uh, the Holy Spirit kind of like come through me, and uh, you know, I do this a lot, and I find that it really helps me, and I, I think it would help other people, and they can find it very easily on page 28 of the text, and uh, this is what it says. It says, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent him who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me how to heal. And uh, that, that's a very freeing kind of a thing to say, because now uh, you know it's the Holy Spirit that uh, is in charge. I don't have to worry about what to say or what to do. And uh, I'm kind of like off the hook, and the Holy Spirit can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, take over. And, uh, you know, that's a very liberating kind of a thing, to not have to worry about what you're going to say. Uh, sometimes I tell people, you know, what you should do sometime, just try this. Uh, just open up your mouth and start speaking without knowing what you're going to say. And uh, you might be surprised. You know, it might be pretty good. Yeah, so uh, the only thing is, it's it's not you because it's not premeditated. It's not like you're sitting there for an hour thinking of what you're, you're going to say, which means that you can be present, you know, instead of thinking about the future. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about, uh, you know, uh, being present rather than in the past, and uh, you know, in the future. Uh, you know, at one point the course says the only accurate thing you can say about the past is that it's not here. You know, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, you just let go of all that. Uh, and there are, you know, certainly uh, several techniques in the Course that you can use to uh, forgive the past. And uh, that's very important when it comes to relationships because uh, a lot of, uh, you know, like you mentioned, letting go of uh, your resentments, your regrets. Well, it's um, kind of like that workbook lesson in the Course that says love holds no grievances. Which, by the way, uh, really reminds me of, uh, you know, Cindy, because uh, she doesn't hold any grievances. You know, it's like you never hear a negative sentence, you know, come out of her mouth. And uh, that's quite yeah. an accomplishment. Yeah. And really uh, got it down. Yeah, she she does. She's smarter than me, but I forgive her. <laughs> and, uh, and she, like, uh, she has all this education and everything, and, you know, I, I, I had a, did a joke once. I made up a business card. It said uh, Gary Renard, high school graduate. You know, and that's my uh, business card. But um, yeah, she's uh, definitely an educator, and uh, I, I learn a lot from her. She's learned a lot from me too, because uh, her mother turned her on to the disappearance of the universe. And by the way, I've always been. Uh, you know, kind of amused by how many people have been turned on to my books by their mothers. I, I don't know why that happens, but 
It's like, uh, you know, Doreen Virtue, her mother turned her on to uh, my books, and I, you know, I meet these people whose, uh, you know, mothers have turned them on to their books. Of course, there are people who have been into the course uh, for 30 years. Exactly. And uh, I've been into it for 18. Yeah, that's when, uh, you know, going on 19. And uh, so I, I've had kind of like an arc of uh, of learning, and I do feel like I've gotten better at practicing forgiveness over the years uh, because as you do it and as you undo the ego then what happens is you keep getting things on a deeper level uh, it's like when you read the course uh, you'll read something that you know that you've read before but it looks different because even though the words haven't changed you have you know, so it's sometimes it's like you never saw it before even though uh, you know that you've read it before and uh this is definitely a process, but I think it's a fun process. I think it can be a little difficult uh, at first, especially since a lot of what the Course is saying is diametrically opposed to everything that we've been taught, you know, our whole lives. But uh, I think that as you go along with it, uh, it does get easier, and uh, it does become more and more fun because one thing that's happening is you're having guilt removed from your mind. And as that happens, you actually end up enjoying life more. Like uh, one of the components of relationships certainly is to uh, you know look past uh, the body. Yet all of our relationships seem to involve you know another body. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying that you won't see bodies. Uh, you will, and you should interact with them in a normal way. You know you shouldn't forget how to be normal. You know it's okay to carry on a normal conversation. And uh, it's okay to have normal relationships. That's where you're going to find your uh, forgiveness opportunities anyway. But at some point, you remember who the other person is. Uh, in fact, I'd just like to read a couple of sentences from the course here, because uh, I haven't quoted this before, but uh, this is on page 322 of the text. And uh, it's in the session called The Holy Instant and the Attraction of God. And I want to read two quotes, too, because they kind of like show the difference between how the ego uh, interprets things and how the Holy Spirit interprets things. Uh, this quote is about the body. Uh, it says, The body is the symbol of the ego, as the ego is the symbol of the separation. You know, that's really important to remember, because most people just take the body for granted. And uh, they should remember that the Course is saying, The body is the symbol of the ego, as the ego is the symbol of the separation. And both are nothing more than attempts to limit communication and thereby to make it impossible. For communication must be unlimited in order to have meaning. And deprived of meaning, it will not satisfy you completely. Yet it remains the only means by which you can establish real relationships, which have no limits, having been established by God. And uh, once again, that's on page 322 of the text. And when it says uh, it remains the only means by which you can establish real relationships, it's talking about the holy relationship. And uh, the Course teaches that, uh, you know, the forgiven relationship is the holy relationship because a component of forgiveness is that overlooking uh, of the body. And once again, I'm not saying that uh, anybody should give up relationships or give up the idea of seeing bodies. As long as you appear to be here, uh, you're always going to see bodies. Uh, the question is your attitude. You know, at some point you remember the truth about the other person and you overlook the body. 
which kind of leads to the second quote that I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, use here because this is uh, kind of like well, like the way the Holy Spirit would see it. And this is a famous workbook lesson number one ten. Uh, it's from this lesson. The lesson is, "I am as God created me." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, the course says that in this one thought is all the past undone, the present saved to quietly extend into a timeless future. Uh, if you are as God created you, then there has been no separation of your mind from His. No split between your mind and other minds, and only unity within your own. So, you know, if you're as God created you, you're still this perfect spirit that has never left heaven. And what we're seeing here is just kind of like watching a movie. You know, it's, we quoted this before, but, you know, the Course says you are reviewing mentally that which has already gone by. Uh, that's a pretty good definition of a movie, because the movie has already been filmed. You know, it's already gone by, and here we are kind of like reviewing it mentally. Uh, and it's our belief that, you know, makes it real, and it's our desire uh, to be a victim that has all these people seeming to be outside of us. And, you know, they're the, uh, you know, the guilty people, and we're uh, kind of like a victim, which is how most of the people in the world think, because they think that it's real. And they don't realize that they've given those people all of the power uh, mm-hmm. to hurt them. You know, it's like if, th- if there's anybody in this world who can hurt you or make you feel bad, it's only because you've given them that ability. You've given them that power to hurt you. Can you, uh, explain, that's bad... can you explain what that means when you say you've given them the power, like on a practical day-to-day basis? How do you how do you give them the power? Well, you have to remember that you made them up in the first place. And you give them the power by reacting. Uh, the ego reacts. The ego sees differences. You know, so it's the ego that wants to see all these uh, separate bodies and wants everybody to be different because if you have differences, then you can have judgment. Uh, how can you have judgment without differences? Uh, the Holy Spirit, on the other hand, overlooks the body and sees everybody as being the same. And if everybody's the same, then there are no differences and there's nothing to judge. There's only innocence. So when I say you overlook the body, what you're doing is you're thinking of people as being what they really are instead of what they appear to be. And uh, that's one of the components of forgiveness. I just wanted to finish this uh, quotation, and sure. then I'll uh, get into that a little bit more. Uh, but this is kind of like how the Holy Spirit you know, thinks, and this is also from I Am As God Created Me, which is uh, Lesson 110. Uh, it says, uh, if you remain... As God created you, appearances cannot replace the truth. Uh, Health cannot turn to sickness, nor can death be substitute for life or fear for love. All this has not occurred if you remain as God created you. You need no thought but this, one, to let redemption come to light the world and free it from the past. So it says... Once again, in this one thought is all the past undone, the present saved to quietly extend into a timeless future. So that's really the difference. Uh, it's kind of like we're choosing to uh, either see with the ego or we're choosing to see with the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, you asked how that looks in everyday life. Well, I think that forgiveness is having three components, but they kind of like you know melt into one eventually. Mm-hmm. 
uh, at first you start off by thinking of it in steps because you have to in order to learn it. But as time goes on, it kind of like it, it just becomes uh, automatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, in those first 50 miracles principles at the beginning of the course, it says miracles are habits. You know, it's kind of like you get into the habit of thinking this way. And uh, so what you do is when you notice yourself getting upset or angry or even just uh, a little bit annoyed, you know, at somebody, that's kind of like the red flag that you should be watching out for because that means that you're thinking uh, with the ego. And uh, the first step in this, and, and maybe the hardest, is just stop yourself. You know, and that's where the discipline of the workbook uh, right. of the course comes in. It, you know, if people uh, don't have their mind uh, trained by the Holy Spirit, then they're just going to fall back into their old way of thinking, and they're going right. to get reactive, and uh, that's thinking with the ego. So the first thing you have to do is stop yourself, you know, from thinking uh, whatever judgmental thoughts you notice yourself to be thinking. Now, the main reason that's so important is because uh, the second that you stop thinking with the ego, you can start to think with the Holy Spirit. Uh, You can't think with both at the same time. You know, you have to choose. So you stop thinking with the ego, you start thinking with the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit uh, would kind of like counsel you and you would realize uh, through your thoughts that, uh, you know, what you're seeing is uh, really just a projection, as the Course calls it. Uh, the Course says, behold, the great projection. And, uh, you know, we have to realize that we put these people in our lives because we wanted them to be there. Even the people who give us a hard time, you know, even the people who are not good to us, uh, we put them there because we wanted uh, the guilt to be in them instead of us. And when I say guilt, uh, this is a deep ontological guilt that can be traced all the way back to the original idea of being separate from God and the tremendous guilt that that uh, brought up on this massive metaphysical level, which we are no longer in touch with because it's unconscious. And we have projected that guilt out into the world so that we can see it in other people. That was the ego's plan. Uh, the ego wants the guilt to be in other people because then maybe you can tolerate it just enough so that you'll stick around here forever. And as long as you think that you're a body, which is uh, the ego's number one plan to convince you that you're a body, because if the body is real, the separation is real, and if the separation is real, then all of it is real, which means you're really guilty and that you've really done something. And the antidote to that is to stop thinking with the ego, start thinking with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would say, look, you made up this whole thing, and it can't hurt you. There's nothing there. It's just a projection. Uh, it can't have any effect on you unless you let it, you know, unless you choose uh, to think with the ego instead of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's when you can take the third step. You know, you stop thinking with the ego. You start to realize it's not real, uh, and you start looking at it as though it's coming from you. Most people look at the world as if it's coming at them. You know, it's being done by them. If that's true, you're a victim. But if the world is being done by you, if it's a projection that is coming from you, if it's coming from this projector that is hidden, just like in a movie theater, and the place where that uh, projector is hidden is in your own unconscious mind, then you can start to take uh, responsibility for it and be a cause. Now, I don't mean in a bad way, because... You know, at first people hear that, they'll think, oh, gee, I did this uh, really terrible thing because, you know, there's a lot of bad in the world. There's a lot of, you know, crime and violence and tragedy and disasters. And, and you know, I made up uh, this terrible thing. But actually, what they made up was nothing <laughs> because there's nothing there. 
you know, it's it's not true, as the course would put it. Uh, what we're seeing is not true. And actually, that's part of the way to get in touch with your own forgiveness, is to realize that uh, you've actually done nothing. And then you can overlook the illusion, you can overlook the dream, you can overlook the body, and start to see spirit. Now, the Course says everywhere the Holy Spirit looks, he sees himself. You know, so we said the ego sees differences. The ego sees all these bodies. The Holy Spirit sees sameness. The Holy Spirit looks beyond the body and sees perfect spirit everywhere. So uh, it's kind of like you're changing your interpretation. Uh, you're saying, well, you know, I thought these people were these separate bodies, but they're not. They're actually uh, part of the uh, the way that I can get home by seeing them uh, not as being separate, not as just being part of it, but actually being all of it. And that's so important because however you think about another person, uh, it's going to determine how you feel about yourself. It's going to determine even what your own identity is as you'll see it and believe that it is. Uh, I'm not going to get into all the uh, mechanics of that because we want to stick with you know, what that looks like in everyday life. But the key is to stop yourself because when you start thinking with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego, that's what the Course would call the holy instant. When you stop thinking with the ego and you switch, you choose. Uh, at one point, the Course would call it choose once again. You, you choose to think. Uh, with the Holy Spirit, you realize that what you're seeing isn't true, it's just a projection you made up. Now you can forgive people, uh, not because they really did something. You can forgive them uh, because they haven't really done anything, because you're the one who made them up in the first place. So uh, that's why the Course says, you know, we, we forgive our brother for what he hasn't done. You know, not because he's really done something, but because he hasn't really done anything. Then you can think about them as they really are. They are as God created them this perfect spirit, uh, which has never left heaven, which is not just part of it, but all of it. And eventually that's how you come to think about yourself and experience yourself. Uh, the key is how you see other people and think about other people. Because your unconscious mind will interpret whatever you think about another person to be about you, because your unconscious mind knows that there's really just one of us. You know, so if you're thinking you know, negative judgmental thoughts about other people, your unconscious mind, which knows everything, including the idea that there's just one of us, is going to interpret that to be about you. Uh, people think that their thoughts are going out there to other people. They're not. They're just going to themselves. And uh, that's a very powerful idea because once you understand it, you can use it. You know, you can change the way that you think. You can change the way that you uh, look at other people. Uh, you can change your attitude, and you can't help but change how you feel about yourself and uh, how you see yourself. And uh, it's a very good habit to get into. Well, and many people think that they can't help but feel uh, offended or hurt or upset. They really, really think that other people are making them feel things. Sure. Uh, That's why it's so important to have a discipline, uh, which most people do not. Uh, at the beginning of the workbook, uh, it says an untrained mind can accomplish nothing. Right. And uh, you know that's a, a pretty powerful statement because it's saying that 99% mm-hmm. of the people in the world are accomplishing basically nothing with their spirituality because they don't have a discipline. You have to have uh, a discipline and a thought system that enables you to reinterpret the world in a consistent way 
Uh, in a positive way, yes. But, uh, you know, the Course is a complete thought system. It's not just, uh, you know, affirmations. It's like a, a complete thought system, and all of its parts fit together like a hologram. And they all support each other, and it's totally logical. But uh, I think that if you're going to stop yourself and think with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego, the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you that you're a victim and that these people are making you feel bad. Uh, the Holy Spirit is going to empower you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no power in being a victim. You know, There's no power in being at the effect of the world. But there's plenty of power in being a cause and, and realizing that uh, you know you made this whole thing up. And, uh, you know, you can forgive because if you were, uh, you know, powerful uh, to kind of like imagine yourself being in this mess, then your mind also has the power uh, to get you out of this mess. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, quotes from the Chorus, I only used uh, one sentence of this uh, because... uh, I think Arden and Percy just said one sentence of this quotation in The Disappearance of the Universe. But uh, I'll, I'd like to read the paragraph here mm-hmm. because this is kind of like the Course's uh, you know, solution in terms of experience. Uh, this is on page 97 of the text. And it says, uh, you know, how else can you find joy in a joyless place except by realizing that you are not there? Uh, You cannot be anywhere God did not put you, and God created you as part of him. That is both where you are and what you are. It is completely unalterable. Uh, It is total inclusion. You cannot change it now or ever. It is forever true. It is not a belief, but a fact. Anything that God created is as true as he is. Its truth lies only in its perfect inclusion in him, who alone is perfect. To deny this is to deny yourself and him, since it is impossible to accept one without the other. Now, so that's like a, a totally uncompromising, uh, definitive paragraph, where the Course is saying, you know, you cannot be anywhere God did not put you, and God created you, you know, in heaven with him, you know, that is both where you are and what you are. And nothing else is true. Uh, nothing that you think has happened uh, in your life. Uh, and, you know, it's not just that uh, other people haven't done uh, anything. The good news uh, about that is that if they haven't done anything, guess what? You haven't done anything either. You know, and people kind of like uh, forget that part because they're so busy about thinking about what the other person did. Uh, this is the way out of hell for you. You know, uh, and those other people aren't even there anyway. So uh, by changing the way that you look at them, you can be released. Uh, I also love that quote from the Course. It says, uh, you know, can you to whom God says, release my son, be tempted to not listen when you understand it is your own release for whom he asks? You know, so you may think, uh, oh, I'm, I'm letting this person off the hook. I'm releasing this person. Well, what you're really doing is releasing yourself. You know, you're really letting yourself off the hook, you know, by, uh, you know, letting the other person be free of guilt. And uh, I think that uh, what this does, Jennifer, as you do it, uh, and of course your relationships are the place where you're going to practice the most because that's who you spend the most time with. And, 
you know, Cindy and I, once in a while, we'll have a disagreement and, uh, you know, we'll have to forgive each other. But the thing you notice about, uh, you know, people who practice forgiveness is that those disagreements don't last. You know, they're much shorter mm-hmm. in duration because of uh, forgiveness. I mean, there are some people that hold a grudge for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a pretty miserable way <laughs> uh, to go through life. And if they could just let it go, you know, and, uh, you know, they would feel better so much quicker. And uh, they would just get over things so much more faster. I don't think that, uh, you know, people who do the Course should think that they're never going to get upset or that they're never going to get angry. Uh, the Course teaches that anger is never justified. Why? Because it really is a projection that is coming from you. Uh, but even though the Course says that anger is never justified, it doesn't say that you'll never get angry. You know, I, I can pretty much guarantee you that you will. But the question is, how long do you stay that way? Uh, there's a big difference between being upset for, uh, you know, 30 minutes and being upset for 30 days. Uh, you know, if you're only upset for 30 minutes instead of 30 days, well, that's 30 days of your life that you spent being peaceful, you know, instead of being upset. Well, and, and when, uh, when many yeah. people get upset, then they move in the direction of the upset. So they do things like they start thinking about revenge over and over again. Even if they don't take revenge, they start thinking about it. They start, uh, they hold uh, the the energy of taking offense, holding a grudge, um, and they have those, I mean, we've all done this, where you have the, the argument in your mind over and over again, you know, which you always win and they lose. And, and so it's like you keep reliving uh, even more upset in your mind. And, so, and then sometimes, of course, people actually go into sabotage, whether they sabotage somebody else. happens all the time in the workplace a lot. And then sometimes they take the sa- sabotage against themselves and they self-sabotage. So yeah. uh, interrupting those patterns, how, do you, how did you learn to interrupt those patterns? Uh, well, first, uh, you mentioned uh, revenge. Uh, Cindy and I had a good laugh. We were driving through Hollywood, and we saw this uh, big billboard for a new TV series. It's called Revenge. And uh, the uh, mm-hmm. you know the slogan for the TV series is, this is not a show about forgiveness. <laughs> and we laughed so hard. Because, you know, that's how people think, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, yes, how do you break that pattern? Well, I think you can only break it uh, through mental discipline. I think that you have to be determined. I think it takes perseverance. I think you have to want it. You know, the Course says uh, about the words, I want the peace of God. You know, it says to say these words is nothing, but to mean these words is everything. And the way that you mean it is that you practice forgiveness uh, as consistently as possible, and the way that you do that uh, is through mental discipline. Uh, you have to you know, be alert to what's going on in your mind. Uh, the Course says that you are uh, far too tolerant of mind wandering. It's like, uh, you know, people are letting their mind wander. It's almost like, uh, you know, if you don't train the mind, then it'll run wild. And uh, you'll find yourself thinking things, uh, you know, judgmental thoughts, uh, revenge thoughts, any, any kind of thoughts, you know, especially uh, if someone appears to attack you. And I've certainly had my share of that uh you know in the last uh, 8 or 9 years and uh oh by the way I have, I have a plan on how to deal with my critics 
uh, I'm going to outlive them. You know, I'm going to outlive all of them, and uh, then when they're all gone, I'm going to write a strongly worded article, and uh, you know, they won't be able they won't be able to answer. You know, right? It'll be perfect. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's the ego's plan. But, you get the uh, last word. Yeah. Yeah, but my plan is, uh, and it's been good for me uh, to, to practice forgiveness. Uh, you know, you start to realize that those people are there because you wanted them to be there. You wanted them to be the guilty party, so that, so you could be the victim, so that the guilt would be in them instead of you. And uh, you know, people don't realize that the things that they don't like about other people are actually, as the course calls it, and that once again in that final section of the text called "Choose Once Again," describes it as uh, the secret sins and hidden hates. You know, those are the secret sins and hidden hates that we actually have about ourselves. Exactly. That we've chosen to see in other people because we wanted it to be in them instead of us. Mm-hmm. But uh, somewhere in your unconscious mind, because your unconscious mind knows everything, uh, your unconscious mind knows that it's really about you. And if you have the d- discipline to forgive that other person, then your mind will be healed, uh, not by you, but by the Holy Spirit, who does uh, the big part of the job. And all that we're asked to do is, is to forgive you know, whatever is there in front of our face, and usually what's there in front of our face is our relationships. And even, uh, you know, if the things that you have to forgive uh, are occurring on television, you know, it's still the same principle. You know, maybe this politician comes on the TV who you can't stand. You know, uh, maybe there's somebody who rubs you the wrong way. Uh, You see these terrible disasters, Mm -hmm. you know, happening. Uh, It always comes back to how you think about those beings, that appear to be out there. Uh, at one point, the Course just describes them as images. You know, it says, uh, the images you make cannot prevail against what God himself would have you be. You know, so we're seeing uh, these images out there, which are very much uh, like a holographic movie. And, uh, oh, by the way, I, I saw this cute cartoon. Uh, it's, it's on my office wall here. Uh, these uh, two parents are talking to their son, who's about uh, 12 years old. And the father says to him, uh, he says, Billy, you know, I think that you're uh, old enough you know, to hear this now. Uh, you're a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought that was kind of cute. But, um, yeah, it's like uh, this whole thing fits together in forgiveness. And forgiveness is... Uh, you know, so obviously the great teaching of the Course, uh, it's just amazing, you know, how many people don't know that? You know, how many people you'll hear talk about the Course and never mention forgiveness? And not, I mean, you know, like some of the uh, most famous teachers of the Course, uh, you never hear them talk very much about forgiveness. And uh, they take the love and fear idea and uh, put it in the world so that it's really special love and uh, then they're going to change the world. And here's A Course in Miracles saying, seek not to change the world. Uh, seek rather to change your mind about the world. And that's because the Course is done at the level of the mind. And, you know, whatever you do in the level of the world, that's fine. But whatever you do, it's going to be shaped by how you think. So uh, it'll still come back to whether or not you're being guided by uh, the Holy Spirit or not. And the best way to be guided by the Holy Spirit is to practice forgiveness, undo the ego, and then the Holy Spirit is all that's left. And then someday you realize that you are the Holy Spirit. You know, that that's what you were the whole time. It's just, uh, you know, you're kind of like out of touch with it. But you start to re-become uh, what you've always been. 
but had denied. It's like we had denied the truth. And now we're getting back to the truth. It's kind of like we're returning to home. And, uh, you know, that's actually an exciting process once you get it going because it starts to change your experience. It really does. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, you that's know, it one really of the is. I wanted to ask you about is, you know, over these 18 years that you've been studying the Course, when, I mean, I've seen you in the years I've known you, but also I've seen you through your writing that you are uh, much less judgmental and all of these things. And you've you've had a number of challenges, as you've said, over the years. But doesn't it seem that the more you forgive, the easier your your life is and that you have fewer challenges? Like when I was at your house last week and we were talking about how um, doesn't it seem as though when we practice forgiveness and when we're willing to forgive and willing to see our brothers and sisters as being one with us and not separate from us, that we don't need the intense challenges in order to be willing to see the willingness. We're already, I mean, this, see the oneness. We're already there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a good example that comes to mind for me is uh, I got divorced four years ago, and I moved to California. And uh, as in any uh, relationship that breaks up, and this was a very long-term relationship, uh, you know, there's forgiveness there that needs to be done. And uh, my wife, Karen, uh, she really got back into A Course in Miracles, you know, really started uh, studying it in detail, learned it well. And uh, there was a lot of forgiveness. Now, last week uh, on Wednesday, uh, Karen and I, uh, my former wife, got together with Cindy, my current wife, and Karen's uh, uh, boyfriend in Hawaii, uh, David Tisaka, and the four of us had lunch together. Now, if you told me <laughs> four years ago that that could happen, that, you know, I'd be... Uh, Sitting there, you know, at the Olive Garden with uh, my former wife Karen, my uh, current wife Cindy, and David. And by the way, Karen met David through me because uh, I was in Hawaii doing workshops at Unity Diamond Head. And it's like the four of us are sitting there, and uh, wow. you know, it took us a couple of minutes to loosen up. But um, right. it was like uh, there's all this forgiveness going on, and there's all this forgiveness that has been going on. Mm-hmm. In fact, after lunch, we had our picture taken together, and I put it at Facebook. And uh, it's amazing the number of comments that, uh, you know, we've gotten about that because it's like, wow, you know, that's forgiveness. When you can, you know, be there uh, together like that. And, uh, you know, so I'm I'm really uh, proud of uh, Karen and David and, uh, of course, Cindy, too. And I'm proud of myself because that can only happen uh, with forgiveness. Without forgiveness, it would be impossible. And uh, we can move on and have great lives. Uh, I think that uh, Karen is better off in Hawaii because she lives in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You know, I always wanted to live in Hawaii. She does. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's better off there than she was in Maine. And, uh, you know, Maine's a very rural place. It's not easy to make friends, uh, you know, even though we did have friends there because we 
you know, I went to the same study group for like 11 years in Maine. But, um, you know, we had, had to drive uh, from one town that had no sidewalks, you know, 45 minutes to another town that has no sidewalks <laughs> and, uh, you know, meet with uh, a few people. But it was great. And, uh, you know, the only reason I bring that up is because uh, forgiveness can uh, accomplish great things, even though it's not about the world. Uh, it shows up in the world because, as the Course says, uh, what you do is a result of what you think. Uh, that's why the emphasis of the, the Course is on the mind. You know, it's on how you think, whether or not you forgive. And then what you do is a result of that. Uh, people focus so much on what they're doing, they forget to think. And by thinking, I mean they, for, they forget to choose the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. Right. And if, if you're being guided by the Holy Spirit, you're going to be guided to things that are good for you. You're going to be guided to things that work. And, uh, you know, many times uh, the ego will not guide you to things that work. In fact, uh, at one point the Course says, you know, to this impossible situation to which the ego always leads you. It's like, you know, the ego always leads you to an impossible situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Holy Spirit knows what it's for. You know, the Holy Spirit knows what everything is for, and that's forgiveness. And it's always going to come back to that. Uh, you'll notice that no matter what uh, Art and Purser and I talk about in the books, sooner or later, they'll always bring the conversation back around to forgiveness because that's what it's really all for. That's what it's really all about. And, uh, you know, of course, some people, you know, they'll read my books and they don't really read them. You know, they don't really uh, see them. Uh, and I think that that's true with the Course also. But uh, I think the reason for that is because there's such unconscious resistance to this because this is like death to the ego. Absolutely. And the, you know, and the ego uh, really has to make us think that we're bodies. And one of the best ways that the ego makes us think that we're bodies is uh, you know to give us problems because you know what is it that has to be defended, you know, but the body. Uh, what is it that needs anything, you know? What is it that needs uh, you know food and uh, you know success and, and fame you know, and money and, and, and all these things except the body. Uh, if you uh, could give up the world, and I'm not saying that that's, uh, you know, an easy task, but if you could give up all of your psychological attachment to the world, then you could really do A Course in Miracles because uh, you could choose the Holy Spirit consistently. I like to say that, um, you know, people think that Jesus was the ultimate leader, but the truth is he was the ultimate follower. Uh, he says in the Course, you know, eventually I just listened to one voice. You know, so eventually he just listened to the Holy Spirit, and he was willing to listen. And if you're willing to listen, and if you really do want the peace of God, uh, then I think you're willing to follow the Holy Spirit rather than having to be the leader. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need teachers. Uh, I'm just saying that any teacher should realize that this is not coming from them. Uh, if you're teaching A Course in Miracles, uh, you, it's not you. You didn't write A Course in Miracles. You didn't make it up. Uh, so the uh, the ideas are not yours. The ideas are the Holy Spirit's, and you have to learn to listen. You, know, you have to learn to be a follower of the Holy Spirit. Uh, let the Holy Spirit be the boss. You know, if you own a business and you're the boss at work, you don't have to tell them that you're not boss. <laughs> you, know, you, you can still act like the boss. I'm just saying that now you're being guided by the Holy Spirit uh, instead of the ego, and that's going to lead to good things. And uh, that's because the Holy Spirit 
uh, can see everything. You know, the Holy Spirit can see everything that ever happened uh, from the beginning of time to the end of time. You know, whose judgment is going to be better? You know, yours or something that can see something uh, all the way from the beginning of time to the end of time. You know what? And, uh, yeah, thanks. Well, I, I want to ask you a, a practical question because you, you, you're talking about how your relationships have changed and shifted, how you have changed and shifted over the years. And so many people are... Uh, going through relationship changes that are very difficult, very challenging. And one of the questions I get all the time is from people who say, how do you know when to walk away from someone? How do you know when to end the relationship? And what what do you say to someone who their relationship is in turmoil and they really just want to walk away or they want to get out of there? What do, what do you say to them? Well, the first thing I would say to them is that uh, you don't want to feel guilty. Uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to feel guilty. What you want to do is you want to consult uh, with the Holy Spirit. And maybe the reason to walk away is because uh, it's going to be the best thing for everybody. You know, like I mentioned that, uh, you know, I think uh, Karen is better off in Hawaii. Well, she's she's actually better off without me. Now, maybe I wouldn't have liked to... Uh, think that because it takes a certain amount of humility mm-hmm. uh, to say that. But uh, at the same time, I think she's better off. I think that I'm better off. I think that we both have better lives uh, than we did in Maine. And, uh, you know, so if you follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit, then you're going to be led not to just what's best for you. Uh, you're going to be led to what's best for everybody because the Holy Spirit can see everything. So uh, the way that you know when it's time uh, to either stay or walk away will be because you'll feel actually like you're being guided uh, by the Holy Spirit. And uh, probably you're not going to feel that way until you've tried everything. You're going to ask yourself, well, you know, have I tried everything? Did I do everything that I could do uh, to make this relationship work? And uh, and maybe you haven't done everything you could do because maybe you were too reactive as well which is why the Course teaches that whoever is saner at the time is the one that should be practicing forgiveness. But maybe there's a time when you're both upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still possible by practicing forgiveness whenever you can uh, to be guided by the Holy Spirit as to what you should do. And the Holy Spirit will guide you as to what's best for everybody. Uh, people think that if they really forgive somebody, then that means that they would stay in the relationship. Uh, that's not true. Uh, the Holy Spirit may guide you that, uh, you know, it's time to move on. It's time for you to learn different lessons, other lessons. And to be clear, uh, you're still in a relationship with Karen. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Karen and I, we, uh, you know, exchange emails. We exchange messages at Facebook. Uh, we talk on the telephone. Uh, we're friends. Uh, she supports me. I support her. And, uh, you know, that that really means a lot to me. You know that it could go that way, and that that's the way uh, things are turning out. And uh, once again, that couldn't have happened without forgiveness. And uh, you know, I think that she knows the course very well, and that she practices it. And so do I. So do Cindy. So does David. And uh, that's why the four of us were able to sit there together 
and, uh, you know, be able to actually have a good time, you know, really have a good time. And you can see how happy we look in the, the picture <laughs> that mm. we took. And, uh, you know, it's just a great thing. And, you know, there will, will be upset uh, at the time of a breakup of, of a relationship. You know, uh, the breakup of a relationship isn't that different than going through the death of a loved one. Uh, what happens is you go through uh, stages. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, if somebody who you love passes away, uh, especially if, if it's a surprise, then uh, it could start off as anger. You could be angry about what happened. Uh, that anger may turn into denial. Uh, you know, that denial uh, hopefully eventually will turn into acceptance. And uh, that sadness eventually hopefully will uh, turn into you know, love, because eventually love is all that's left. Uh, you know, we see the temporary. You know, we see bodies. We see these people, uh, and that's not what they are. What they really are is something that is immortal that we're going to always be with. We can't really ever lose anybody. Uh, we can't lose anybody else any more than we could lose God. You know, it, it would be impossible because we're not separate. And uh, we're going to be together forever. And eventually we will experience our perfect oneness with God and each other, which means that you will be closer to these people in heaven than you could ever be, you know, with them here. And that includes all the people who you've ever loved. It includes every animal that you've ever loved because nothing can be left out in perfect oneness. And uh, you'll be closer to them than your own heart, you know, because in that perfect oneness uh, you achieve true union uh, that's not possible on the level of the physical. You know, uh, bodies can't really join. You know, I'm not saying that we won't try. I'm just saying that uh, it's not permanent like it is in heaven. You know, in heaven, this is uh, something that is a constant state uh, where in this world everything is temporary. So in a way, when you choose to overlook the body and see immortality, you know, uh, something that is uh, invulnerable in this perfect spirit that it is incapable of being threatened by the world, which is what the Course means right at the beginning, you know, when it says nothing real can be threatened. Well, that's kind of like a choice, you know, that nothing real that can be threatened is this perfect spirit that is beyond the body. Uh, Nothing unreal exists, well, that would be anything else. Anything that is not this perfect oneness with God. Uh, Herein lies the peace of God is because, you know, that's a choice that we have to make between one of two things, which is why, uh, you know, you can say that the Course is simple. The Course itself says that it's simple. It's not something like 158 times uh, uses the word simple. But uh, you'll never hear anybody say that it's easy. Right. Because, uh, you know, we're confronted seemingly by this world that's always right there in our face. And we have an endless series of problems, which is uh, one of the ego's favorite devices, you know, for keeping your attention focused on the world so that you won't go into the mind, you know, where the answer is. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll, uh, you know, want you to get sick as a way of uh, convincing you that you're a body. Oh, and by the way, nobody should feel bad if they get sick. Uh, you know, don't be one of those Course in Miracles students who's, who quotes that workbook lesson whenever you see somebody who's sick. You say, hey, what, hey, what's the matter with you? Don't you know the Course says sickness is a defense against the truth? Uh-huh. Well, uh, I get news from everybody's <laughs> going to get sick at one point or another. You know, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And uh, To me, know, every not... challenge is an opportunity to heal a pattern 
of the ego thought system. And if we can recognize that our challenges are that opportunity for healing, then we can say, this is my moment to transcend all this negativity in my life. Right here, I can choose love. Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, I want to finish what I'm saying because I don't want people to misunderstand me. Uh, It's not whether or not you get sick. Uh, It's always your perception. Uh, It's always how you look at it. Uh, I've had uh, a couple of very close friends die from cancer uh, in the last uh, two two years, two, Mm -hmm. three years. And, uh, you know, it's difficult to let them go because you... uh, you know, you know what they really are. If, if you're a core student, you know that that's not them. But at the same time, you miss them. You miss being able to talk to them in that form. And uh, at the same time, uh, one of my friends who passed away from cancer was very peaceful about the whole thing because he knew what it was for. Uh, you know, people have all kinds of assumptions that they make about spirituality. Uh, for example, they assume that it's more spiritual to have a healthy body than a sick body. But how can that be true if the body isn't real? You know, at one point the Course says that the body is outside of us and not our concern. Because what it really is is a projection that's coming from the mind just like everything else that we see. And that means that it's no more real than any of these other parts of the projection that we're looking at, which means that it's not us. So it's not more spiritual to have a healthy body than a sick body. What we need to understand is that neither one is true. And then we can understand that we're innocent, if we do happen to get sick, we can use it for forgiveness uh, to learn that we are not bodies and that that is not us. Uh, You see in the message of the crucifixion in the the Course uh, how meaningless the body has become to Jesus' reality. You know, it wasn't even him. Uh, And, uh, you know, eventually the time will come when, as the Course puts it, you gently lay the body aside for the final time well, if you're a master and you like Jesus, you know, to us, you know, the crucifixion probably did not look like Jesus was gently leaving his body, uh, you know, around for the final time, uh, because our perception was that if we went through that, it would cause us uh, terrible pain, so it must have caused him pain. Right. But what people don't realize is that, as the Course says, the guiltless mind cannot suffer. So Jesus could not feel any pain, and if he could not feel any pain, then he was gently leaving his body aside for the final time uh, because he couldn't feel any pain, which is what the Course means by that, that the guiltless mind uh, cannot suffer. And that's the point that we want to get to, you know, where it's impossible for us to feel uh, any physical pain. And that's the ultimate goal of a master. Uh, a master, at the end of his life, cannot feel uh, any physical pain. And when you think about it, you know, how important uh, would our problems be in this life if there was no pain associated with them. Uh, it's not the problem that is the problem, it's the pain. You know, if you could take away that pain and that uncomfortableness, then it wouldn't be a problem. You know, it would just be uh, like, you know, just some neutral thing that's happening uh, in the world. It's like, uh, you know, there's a lot of suffering uh, going on in the world right now around the area of scarcity. You know, there's a lot of uh, people that are hurting. There's a lot of... Uh, seeming scarcity in the world and people think that they can fix it by getting more money or, or by fixing the problem which yeah that might make you feel more comfortable temporarily 
But what the Course says is that a sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need correct. And uh, if you could correct that one lack, yeah. which is the one real problem, that sense of separation from God, uh, if you could correct that one lack, then all the rest would take care of themselves because you'd never feel lack. Uh, you'd always feel abundant, you know, even if you were broke, even if you didn't have any money. Uh, you would still feel abundant. If you had a little bit of money, you could say to yourself, wow, you know, I have money. And uh, by in- instead of looking at it like you don't have enough, which is the way that my parents uh, went through life, you know, they always uh, right. you would say, oh, we don't have enough, you know, we can't, you know, pay our bills, we can't afford this, we can't afford that. They were always saying that. And I'm um, certainly not uh, putting them down because I love them uh, more than ever. And I still communicate with them uh, in my mind. And uh, the only thing is, if you could turn that around, if you could think, you know, well, I have money, and come from a place of abundance and gratitude, uh, especially, you know, it's much easier if you've undone that sense of separation from God to do that, then uh, you would be opening yourself up to receive. You know, by coming from that place of abundance and gratitude and, hey, I have money, instead of saying I don't have enough money, you're saying I, I have money. Well, you'd probably get more because, uh, you know, you, you're putting yourself open to receive where if you're coming from that place where you're saying, I don't have enough money, uh, you're shutting yourself off from receiving. Well, and so as it, long it's really, yeah, okay. As long as we are interested in harboring attack thoughts about our brothers and sisters, we're always going to be experiencing lack. Yep, I think that's true. And as long as you see separation, you're seeing uh, lack. Uh, At one point, the Course says that uh, as long as you believe you're a body, you will believe that you are deprived. Yes. You know, because you need things. And uh, what if you didn't need anything? The Course says that Christ needs nothing and wants to join with others out of a mutual awareness of abundance. You know, so now... uh, you're joining with people not because you need them, not because you're looking to get something from them. Uh, you're joining with them out of this mutual awareness of abundance, which is spirit, which has it all. And uh, by definition, in perfect oneness, you would have to have it all. You can't have anything lacking uh, in perfect oneness, or else it wouldn't be perfect oneness. You have everything. And uh, that's the attitude that forgiveness leads to. The more you see spirit, the more you experience spirit. Uh, the more you experience spirit, the more you experience your own innocence, your own abundance. Uh, It really is a a higher quality of life. You know, it really is better to be spirit uh, than to be a body. It really is better to be a butterfly than a caterpillar. It's just (laughs) a more freeing uh, experience. It's more fun. And the irony is, is especially with a, a... you know, happy kind of a spirituality like A Course in Miracles that talks about a happy dream and being a happy learner. You know, one of the ten characteristics of a teacher of God is joy. And, uh, you know, I remember, uh, you know, after, uh, you know, suffering through my first few presentations in front of people, uh, and, you know, I, I was letting the Holy Spirit in, and I was getting more used to that, and I was getting used to it. I, I just heard this guidance before I went out one one morning to do a workshop and the guidance was, Hey, you know, don't forget to have fun <laughs> You know, and uh you know, that's when I started telling more jokes, you know, in, in my uh workshops. 
and uh, you know, start to loosen up. I remembered, uh, you know, you know she, this is a joy to do this. It's a privilege uh, to do this. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, he's working in a factory, you know, so uh, it's kind of like, um, wow, you know, this is uh, this is really a great opportunity. So uh, you know, even though uh, traveling can be a grind uh, sometimes, like you know, we just got back from Colorado. Now we got a thing in uh, Palm Springs uh, tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, there are months where we seem to always be going. But, uh, you know, forgiveness goes a long way. You know, if you're willing to, uh, to practice forgiveness, then instead of having it be a real hassle, it can be an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, it's not always fun to fly. It's not always fun, you know, to get treated every week like you're a suspect. Mm-hmm. You know, even though you're a regular customer carrying the same bag with the same stuff in it, you know, every week, totally harmless. Every week you get treated like, uh, you know, you're a suspect now. You know, forget about the idea of customer service. Those days are over right. uh, when it comes to uh, traveling. And, uh, you know, it's like everybody thinks they're a cop, you know, and all the people that work for the airlines. And, uh, you know, it, so that gives me new forgiveness opportunities every week. <laughs> and, uh, you know, not that, uh, I mean, most weeks I'm not upset by it, but once in a while, you know, it gets to be a little silly. And uh, But what is that? You know, everything that happens, the Course asks us a simple question. Uh, the question is, what is it for? You know, is it to, uh, you know, stay imprisoned by the ego, or is it to practice forgiveness and be free? And uh, I think the more you do it, the more you get into the habit of forgiveness. And uh, the more you do that, it kind of, you know, like as a snowball going down a hill. You know, it gets bigger and, uh, you know, faster as it goes along. And uh, it may start out kind of slow, but uh, that's okay. The main thing is to start. You know, the main thing is, uh, you know, to really be determined. I think this takes uh, determination, perseverance. You have to really want it. Uh, But that's true of anything. I mean, who's going to be a great piano player unless they really want it? That's right. You know, who's going to be really good at anything unless they really want it and they're willing to practice, you know, and they're willing uh, to make it a priority? Your little willingness uh, is all that's required. Yeah, well, at the beginning, I think that Jesus pulled a fast one on us uh, in the course because you know uh, early, you know early in the course, he says that this requires little willingness, and uh, then you notice at the end in the manual for teachers, all of a sudden he says it requires abundant willingness, and uh, I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute here. God's <laughs> always big... a bait and switch operation. Yes. Absolutely. You never yeah. are going anywhere for the reason you think you're going. You're never upset for the reason you think you are. That's true. And the reason that we're upset can be traced all the way back, you know, to that original idea of being separate uh, from God. Uh, that's why we end up at the beginning. You know, the last quote that uh, my teachers had me use in the disappearance of the universe. Uh, Jesus says, "You know, help me now to lead you back to where the journey was begun, uh, to make another choice with me." You know, to choose the Holy Spirit once and for all is, uh, you know, where we're going to end up. Uh, you undo the ego. The Course says salvation is undoing. That's all you have to do. You don't have to worry about spirit. You know, you're already spirit. You're already perfect. Uh, you don't have to do anything about that. You will be loved. If you actually practice forgiveness the way that it's taught uh, in the Course, then it leads to love uh, automatically because spirit is love. And uh, when you undo the ego, spirit is all that's left, which means that love is all that's left. So that part will take care of itself, and you will be more loving. 
and you will have inspired ideas, and uh, you don't have to turn your back on the world. You don't have to give up the world. Uh, you know, there is no world according to the Course. So uh, everything that you do in your life can become an extension of love. You know, it's like uh, you're expressing love in everything that you do. And when there are those people around who are not expressing love, then the Course would say that they're calling out for love. Yeah. Now, you know, it may not be easy uh, for you to be coming from a place of love when somebody's calling out for love because they can call out for love in some pretty strange ways. You know, like uh, shooting 20 people. And uh, they don't know what they're doing. It's like Jesus said, forgive them, Father. You know, they know not what they do. And that's literally true. Uh, you know, people who are acting out with the ego uh, really don't know what they're doing. And uh, once again, that's why the Course says that whoever is saner at the time, you know, that's the one who needs to practice forgiveness. Now, that doesn't Gary, mean that you don't... Gary, I just want to let you know we're at time here. Mm-hmm. So I want, I want to give you the opportunity to finish your thought, but we're over our time here. Yeah, I would just say that uh, it's okay to remember to do the normal thing uh, in the world. If you know, if you know from uh, being a witness or something that uh, the people next door are abusing their children, uh, yes, the course would say forgive them, but it doesn't mean that you might not feel guided by the Holy Spirit to alert the authorities. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that's why. I stress uh, being normal because uh, sometimes you just want to do the normal thing. Uh, you know, if if you get sued by somebody, the Holy Spirit may guide you to get a good lawyer. You know, so uh, you know sometimes doing the practical everyday thing uh, is what you should do. It's just that now you're not doing it alone. You're doing it with the Holy Spirit, and if you're doing it with the Holy Spirit, you're connected. So you're actually undoing the idea of separation in your mind where if you make your decisions by yourself and you're alone, then you're actually reinforcing the idea of separation in your mind. So even these uh, simple ideas that are in the Course are actually very important because it's the difference between being with the Holy Spirit, uh, being in a place of love, or reacting uh, with the ego. So it's always going to come back you know, to that choice. Yes, indeed. Mm. Oh, this has been so wonderful. And before we close out, I would like to remind people that they have 48 hours to listen to this class again and again and again, totally for free, on the website at livingacourseofmiracles.com. And uh, right there, on the, it'll be posted uh, within about an hour, and you'll be able to pause it, fast-forward it, rewind it, and also, I, I want to encourage you, as I said before, really, consider inviting your friends and your loved ones to listen with you. The more you listen, the more you'll get out of it. Because as Gary talked about, the ego mind resists the understanding. It resists the learning and the undoing. So the more we listen to it, the more we opened our, our mind to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, which is our true teacher. And um, for those of you who have already purchased the um, transcripts, uh, those will be available in a, a day or two, and we'll post those on the website as well. You can download them. So if you've purchased that option, I encourage you to read along as you listen. And you can find out, for those of you who are new to Gary Renard, you can learn a lot more about Gary Renard at GaryRenard.com. 
and his books, Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality. I also highly, highly recommend Gary's audios. What's the name of the six-hour audio one? I love that so much, Gary. Uh, that one is called Secrets of the Immortal. Yes, I, I, I love that one. I've listened to that many, many times. And uh, all his programs are so beneficial, and the more you listen, the more you'll get out of them. And then uh, I know a bunch of you are going to be with us in Kansas City next week for our retreat at Unity Village. And you can uh, learn more about that at com forward slash live or at GaryRenard.com. So tomorrow, uh, in just about, uh, what is it, just about 12 hours from now, I'll be doing the homework class. Again, that class is totally free as well, and you'll have 48 hours to listen to that class. So I encourage you to make an appointment to listen to that as well. That will be a real companion to this class, still talking about forgiveness and relationships. So I'm going to invite everyone to place your hand on your heart again with me, and we're going to bless ourselves out. So in gratitude, we're so grateful and so thankful that our minds are opening, our hearts are opening even more to this healing that we've called forth, releasing that unconscious guilt, releasing the blame and the shame and the habits of taking offense, the habits of holding grudges and holding on to upset. We are consciously giving the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting, inviting the Holy Spirit into our mind to help us undo these patterns. We are so grateful and so thankful that we can have a healing. We can let go of the past. We can be free and experience true peace, true forgiveness, true love, which is our heart's desire. In grace and in gratitude, we share these holy benefits with everyone because we're one with them. All are lifted. All boats rise on this holy tide of love. In gratitude, we accept our healing. We allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Gary. I love you. I appreciate you, and I thank God for you. I feel the same way, Jennifer. I'm really looking forward to Kansas City, and, uh, you know, it'll be great. And this was a great call, and uh, thanks, you know, so much. It means a lot to me. And uh, I think there are so many people who are getting a lot out of these calls from uh, the feedback that I get. And, uh, you know, you're the one who puts it together. So uh, thanks a lot for doing this. I really appreciate it. My joy and my pleasure. Thank you. God bless everyone. Good night. This is Jennifer Hadley again. I invite you to remember that your dedication to your life of love is the best gift that you can share with the world. Love is the only healer, and it's always available to you for the asking. Remember, too, that you cannot have that which you're unwilling to share. Share the love today. Love out loud and know that all boats rise on this holy tide of love. Thank you for joining us. Please go to JenniferHadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day.